Now, recognizing that, that God doesn't always save us from the fire. In this particular case, they came out smelling sweet. Okay? Didn't have the, the smell of hickory or pine or anything on them. They came out unsinged. But knowing this and, and knowing, knowing all of history and all of time that God is always with us in the fire, but sometimes he doesn't protect us from the fire, does he? In fact, Meshach uh, and Abednego and, and Shadrach, they knew this. They looked at the king before the, he th- had them thrown into the fire and said, look, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, it may not do us any good, You're going to throw us in there anyway. But let it be known to you, even if God does not save us, we will not bow down to this this idol, okay? Essentially, an act of obedience, an act of obedience and an act of devotion on their part contributed to God's presence in the fire. Amen? Does that make sense to you? So, uh, and as we've gone through this, this, this series, The Fourth Man in the Fire, there's this one theme is, 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 is as the turkey on the table, the big thing, okay? That God is with us in the fire, okay? God is with us all of the time. I recognize the passage of Scripture that, God, that says that sin separates us from God, but I want you to know that God is always there. God is always there. And I've talked to you about that before. Now, um, the point of today's sermon is, is hearing God, hearing His voice and understanding His voice. How many of us wrestle with that from time to time? I'm, I've got my hand, both my hands up. Hearing and understanding what God wants. Hearing His voice, okay? And I want you to know it's not really as hard as it seems. I, I think sometimes we want to hear things that... God's, I, I believe God's speaking to us all of the time. I believe that God is oftentimes speaking to us in a, in a place where His Holy Spirit is. That, that's key. Know this, that God does speak to us in, the, in, in, in places where the power of the Holy Spirit is moving. Now, one of the reasons, uh, and I talked last week about the power of worship and how God works in that and how that we should be people of worship. Many of the things that we experience, we experience in the context of, 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 you might say, an outpouring of God's presence. And oftentimes that comes during times of worship. Now, I didn't make this up. This is simply the way it works. Worship is about bringing God's presence, and it aligns, and somehow it aligns the power of God in your life and sets people free. And, and of course, the passage that, that, that I used last week on that was Paul and Silas shackled in the prison, midnight, and they're having a prayer meeting and they're singing. And the place was shaken. It says that the door swung open, and not, not, if, if that wasn't enough, that the chains fell off their arms and their legs. Okay? And essentially what, the, what the, the, the story here is, is that worships will set you free. The truth is, it's not worship... Worship brings the presence of God that will set you free. Okay? okay. And, and I told you the story about how that I was in, a, in, in the midst of a very difficult situation, and I had a very close friend who was bipolar. He was, a, he was, a, he was a, what we call an 06 in the, in, the, in the military. 
He was a, a full bird colonel. We call them captains in the Navy. And he was a chaplain. And he was, you know, he was a, he was a guy who loved God given his whole life to God, but here he was struggling with bipolar. And I, I know that they probably gave him plenty of medication, but he says, Bill, what I do, sometimes I have to worship two and three hours to get my head above this thing. See? See? God will never leave you in a place where you can't reach him. And it, when, when you and I reach out and connect with him, he will strengthen and he will set you free and he will lift you above, you might say, those things which, which normally keep you down. It's worship. It's God's presence. There are many people, even in this congregation, who from time to time struggle with, uh, struggle with emotional issues. Okay? Problems, difficulties. Uh, maybe even like imbalances, chemical imbalances. You know, how many of us know that these bodies aren't all that good? <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're 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 okay. I mean, uh, you know, they're as, as good as they can be in this world. But we've been promised a better one. But sometimes I, I, I remember. I've been, we've been I've been working on our house. We've been working on our other house to try to get it ready to sell and and. Uh, and at 59, I want you to know, things don't work as well. And it hurts a lot. I mean, it's like a full day of just doing, just being active. And I'm thinking, man, ow. Going on with that is, is not only our physical bodies, but our, our mind, our spirits. We need him. Oh, how I need him. Every hour, I need him. Glory to the Lamb, glory to God who makes all things new. All things new. And he, is alive, and he is able to refresh you and me today when we go to him. What does the scripture say? When I wait upon the Lord, he will renew my strength. He will cause me to rise up on wings as eagles. See, God's there. God's there. God's there. Okay. Hearing God. Why? Because God's speaking to you. He has something to say to you and to me. Okay? And, uh, um, you know, the truth is he gives pretty good directions if we're willing to follow him. Right? He'll tell us who not to marry if we'll listen to him. Most of the time we were just kind of headstrong there. We want to do it our way, right? He'll tell us which way to go and how to handle our money. I mean, uh, it was a little over a year ago, we just went through a series. on What's God say about money? It's a funny thing that God speaks a lot about money. You know, it, doesn't, it does not surprise me that God would have something to say about something that fills so much of our lives. The use, and the, re, the use of the resources he puts in our hands. Okay? That, doesn't make, that, that, that makes complete sense to me. God gives pretty good directions. He, and the cool thing is, he knows the end from the beginning. And he loves us beyond our own capacity to measure. Does that make sense? Have you ever thought, how does he love me like this? God knows the end from the beginning, and he loves us beyond our own capacity to measure. And he has, the scripture says, a good plan for you. Huh? You remember those passages? I'm making allusions to scriptures that many of you know. Okay? So it makes sense that if we can hear him, we should. And in hearing him, follow him. 
Amen? Does that make sense to you? Now, there are many voices in the world, right? But not all of them are God. Okay? And He speaks. God speaks to us. And let's, go, let's turn to that passage of Scripture. It's 2 Timothy 3.16. Could I say His Word is the, primary, is the primary message that He has given to us to hear? Yeah? That's the, that's the safe one. That's the safest and the most stable, and it becomes the litmus test for every, everything else. Do you understand what, what I mean by litmus test? If you think you're hearing from God, check it against the Scriptures. That make sense? If someone comes to you with a personal word, check it against Scriptures. If you hear a prophecy or you watch a cool thing on, on YouTube and, and this person's got a prophetic ministry, check it against the Word of God. Don't be lazy. Don't let someone else do your thinking for you or your checking for you. Does that make sense? All right. But realize this, Paul says to Timothy, that in the last days, difficult times will come. Are we in difficult times? Yes. We have brothers and sisters right now. uh, They're closing our churches down in Iran. Pastors are being, right now, right now as we speak, pastors are, are, are being, are disappearing. They're going into jails. We, they may never come out. I don't know. I don't know what God has. We've got, and, and they're closing the churches down in Iran. Okay? Right now. Today. They're coming in and closing the doors. And, 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 and confiscating pastors' computers to find out who is what and who is who. Okay? Not to mention some of the things that have been happening in our own country, but that's some of the worst. Okay? But realize this, that in the last days, difficult times will come. For men will be lovers of self. That's one of the voices that kind of conflicts with God's, right? You know? Men, uh, men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, malicious gossips, without self-control, brutal haters of good, uh, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding to a form of godliness, although they have denied his power. Avoid such men as these. For among, those, for among them, those, they are those who enter, the, enter into houses and captivate weak women, weighed down with sins, led on by various impulses, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Just as Jonas and Jambres opposed Moses, so these men also oppose truth, men of depraved mind, rejected in regard to faith, but they will not make further progress, for their folly will be obvious to all, just as Jonas and Jambres' folly was also. Now you followed my teaching, conduct, purpose, faith, patience, love, perseverance, persecutions and sufferings, such as happened to me at Antioch and at Iconium and at Lystra, What persecutions I endured out of them all, the Lord rescued me. Indeed, all who live God, who desire to live godly in Christ, will be persecuted. But evil men and impostors will proceed from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But you, however, 
Continue in the things that you have learned and become convinced of, knowing, that, uh, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from, from childhood you have known the sacred, sacred writings which were able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scriptures inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. Now, Understand that every passage of Scripture has a, a particular context, but also in that context, uh, you might say beyond that context, we find the scriptural principles that are applicable generally for all of us and for all of time to come. So in the context here, the general, the, the, the specific context, Paul, was, Paul, an elder pastor, was speaking to Timothy and giving him some wisdom. and says, look, don't be too surprised that this stuff is going to happen. It's going to happen. But you have seen me. You've watched me. You've experienced. You've heard these things from me. You've seen me endure. Okay? So proof's in the pudding, right? Okay? You've watched me. So you can trust the things I say that that I am completely in. That I'm not here to lie to you. That I'm not going to live in such a way that it conflicts with the things that I say. That's what he's saying. And then he comes back and he says, and all Scripture is inspired by God. Now, what does that mean, inspired? Inspired. It's it's an interesting way of saying God-breathed. All Scripture is God-breathed. Now, now that's a little different than, wow, that was an inspirational poem. (laughs) That was an inspirational poem show on the History Channel, right? Okay? You know what I mean? This, there's something far, far deeper, far greater than, than that, that kind of a concept. This is God-breathed. Wow. Now, and every place I've ever seen in, in the Scripture, I say, when God breathed, something miraculous, incredible happened. When He breathed, He said He spoke the world into existence. That was God-breathing. On the day of Pentecost, when the wind blew through, that was God breathing. When he, when he, when he hovered over, over Adam, laying there on the ground, and he breathed into him, life came into ma- just, just matter. Dirt became flesh. And a life and a mentality, and got I me mean, just powerful stuff. So all Scripture is inspired. God breathed. It's profitable for teaching, for reproof, for righteousness, all these things, okay? So, I recognize, I recognize that each and every one of us in here probably has 15 of these things in our, in our home. Right? I have no idea how many I have. And because of that, sometimes we take it for granted. And in, 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 the, in the charismatic and the Pentecostal communities, the spirit-filled communities, oftentimes we, we just get all bubbly and excited about hearing God in a different way. When the foundation and the strength of all truth is is right there between the pages, maintained and sustained and taken care of by the Holy Spirit down through the ages in spite of the the capacities of men. Uh, over, over, Over the years, over the years, many, many, many nations, many monarchs, many kings have tried to, you might say, destroy the Word of God, destroy the church. They're dead, it's still here. 
They're gone. It's still here, providing guidance and peace and strength to all who will open the pages and open their heart to receive God's word firmly and spiritually implanted. Does that make sense? That makes sense. All right. I guess I'm a little excited today. All right. Okay. There are many voices in the world, but not all are God. Okay? Now, could I say one of, the, one of the voices that we all wrestle with is the voice of flesh? Okay? I mean, what does James say? He says, look, you, 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 you fall into sin. When, you're, when, you, when you are lured away, or tempted, that's another way, drawn away by your own desires. And he says your own evil desires. Okay? We have appetites, don't we? We have desires. I'm not talking about just food. I mean, some of us, that's enough. I mean, it's like, okay, you know, it's like, it's like a, a, Valley and I get home last night, and she's been on the, on the road all day, and she's, they, by the way, they went to a, a, a children's ministry thing, and they come back fired up, and I, boy, they, they want to get serious about this. Not that they're not serious, but they are. And uh, she's tired. I've been working at the house all day, about eight, nine hours. We have, she cooks some stuff on the grill. I said, okay, we're going for ice cream. That's my flesh kicking in, okay? That's the desire. We're going, it's like, and, and, and no, no big kid for me, right? We want something bigger, right? Okay? So we have desires. We have fleshly desires. Some of them are, I mean, they're, they're okay. God, I mean, if we didn't get hungry, we wouldn't, wouldn't eat, we'd, we'd die, okay? But we have these things, not only those kinds of fleshly desires, but also the desires to be with people, right? To love and to be loved, right? Anybody don't want to be loved? So I don't have time for that, right? I don't have time for that. Everybody wants to be loved, wants to be cared for. I mean, every appetite, every appetite's God, God-given, right? You know, sexuality, relationships, uh, to be felt of and thought of as important. You want to have people that consider you important in their lives, right? I mean, we need that. We want that. It's, it's like having air, yeah? And that's, that's simply how we are. The appetites aren't, aren't bad. It's just like what happens with them sometimes. God gives great gifts, doesn't he? How many of us know that, it's really, that, that there's not a gift that God has, has given that we haven't twisted in some way? I mean, and, and so it's not so much in the gift, it's what we do with it once it's in our hands. Right? So here we are. One of, the, one of the things that conflicts with hearing God's voice is the voice of our flesh. What we feel is good for us. Now, we find it in the passage of Scripture, the, the Bible tells us, and this is, this is not uncommon, he says, and every man did what was right in his own eyes. Right? I mean, how many of us even today in this room would say, that lands hard in my lap. And I do everything what looks like I, I want to do it my way. Every man does or every woman does what is right in their eyes. Okay? Don't, let, you know, it's, it's, it, don't let God direct me and guide me. It's okay if I agree with him, but if I don't agree with him, not so good. I've got my sister, I've got a sister, I think she's Catholic, and I'm not here to beat up on the Catholics. And, uh, that's not it at all. Uh, but I remember having a, a, having a, trying to have a, this kind of a, 
a related conversation with her where I could connect with her and, you know, connect with my sister. You know, I, I don't see her very often. She was kind of like my stepsister. And, and then she was Catholic, so I'm thinking, you know, hey, I, I, I hang out with Catholic priests all the time, uh, and I've known some really great guys who are Catholic priests, and we, you know, we have this choose life thing in our town where you know, we're fighting against abortion and da-da-da. And what I didn't know is that she didn't agree with her own church. And all of a sudden, my desire to connect with her ended up being the wrong way. She got mad at me. I'm thinking, I don't get this at all. I don't get this at all. But sometimes it doesn't matter what God says. We want it our way. And the voice of flesh control is, ultimate, is the ultimate voice in our lives, in directing us in, in the choices we make and the decisions that are ours. Okay? See, that's not God. It leads us sometimes not away from God. Other times it does. Because God doesn't want that. Okay? So there are many voices in the world. Not all of them are God. One of them is the voice of our own desire, our own flesh. Another one is simply false prophets. We had one earlier. I don't know what happened to him. I think mom took him out. I, I, I'm sorry. I, I wish he'd stayed. I wanted to hear his, his opinion on the rest of this. But, but, but you know, there's... The scripture tells us that the end day, in the end times, people will have itching ears. In other words, they have a, a, a you know, have you ever had, you know, I recognize, I enjoy to hear, I enjoy hearing prophecies and prophetic things and things like that. But it's possible that I can become a, you might say, a connoisseur, a spiritual connoisseur of a particular message, right? Okay? And I'll chase after preachers or, or teachings that provide this for me. In the same way that people uh, kind of kind of get, get wrapped up in worship. Worship's part of what we do. But, but they, they don't want to hear the word, they want to just worship. Okay? And you have others, and I told you this before, who, who want to hear the word but not worship. What's really going on here? I want it my way. It's all about me. It's all about what I want. Rather than what God wants. Does that make sense? So we have people who chase after uh, this message and that message, and sometimes those messages aren't right. I, I, have, to, I have to say that, that, I'll say this, that we like the American dream, don't we? There are spiritual, there are messages out there, theological messages and churches, um, could I say, ply a spiritual message that's akin to the American dream, a baptized American dream. Now, are there, are there elements, in the past, elements in Scripture? God wants to bless. God wants to do this. Absolutely. But there's always this balance that I see in Scripture. There are always exceptions. There's always... And you know what, what, what drives those exceptions? Is that God is doing something in you and me, and, and it doesn't matter. Uh, it doesn't, that always trumps what our, uh, what our particular needs are what we think our needs are. Sometimes God will take us to a dark place because that's the only place where he can teach us the things that he wants us to learn. There are some out there, I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. God's doing that. God has brought you through this place of darkness so that he could prove his love and his, and his, and his strength in you okay? and that you would grow in that. How many of us know that you can't just hang out on the Mount of Transfiguration? Okay? That's, that, was, that was Peter. I mean, we, we all want to. 
Peter and John and James and said, hey, Jesus this is pretty cool. I mean, we get to see, we get to hear God, you, Moses, Elijah. I mean, can it get any better than this? Let's build some tents and stay here. Want to do that? You come into a service where the Holy Spirit is flowing. You're worshiping. You're finding His presence and His power, and you're experiencing that. And maybe you might even fall over or whatever, whatever God is doing in you. And you say, God, I just want to stay there all the time. I've known people who come to church because their life is so difficult out there, they just want to sit here and stay here. Just want to stay here. Just want to stay here. I've been there before. But what did Jesus say to James, James Peter, and, and John? He says, look, you know, no, 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 we've got to go. We're not staying. They went down. Who did they encounter in the, de- in, the, in the valley? A devil. Yeah. See? There are some things that we have to hear. Some things, some, some experiences that we have to have in order to have compassion and love, in order to, to grow in it into a deeper place with him. Simply true. I know we don't... <laughs> I don't want to sign up for the pain wagon. Anybody? I don't want to sign up for that. I don't want to sign up. I just want all the glory, right? I want to just kind of swim in His presence all the time. I want to hang out up on top of the mountain where the sun is always shining. And there's a meal of all the things, spiritual things that I want. I want that. Anybody with me on that? How many of us know that, that that's not God's will? That he has other things to teach us. Some of the best lessons that I learned. And I'll say this. Not having experienced some of the pain that some of you have. Everybody has their own life and those kind of things. Some of the, some of the deeper, uh, deeper lessons I've learned. Were lessons that I learned in a, in a dark place. Because I saw God through me. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of the death. Thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Ah, and then, what does he say? Thou hast prepared for me a table, uh, and you anoint me in the presence of my enemies. Okay, but that was after the valley of the shadow of death. Right? There is no resurrection unless there's first a burial. I know this is not the kind of news anybody wants. <laughs> but I want you to know he's Lord over the resurrection. And those who put their hand and their trust in him, he will raise you over and over and over. He will cause you to rise up on those wings. And he will sustain you. If you will just trust him. When it gets dark, just say, oh, well, God must have left me. No, he hasn't left you. He's right there in the fire with you. Right there with you. All right, okay. All right, I'm running out of time here. The voice of our own desire, the flesh, false teachers, prophets, demonic, every once in a while, you know, it's just, they're talking to us, right? Okay? You don't have to do what they say. I mean, hopefully we get that. We don't have to do what they say. We don't have to do what they say. Discerning the difference can be hard. Now, God speaks to us if we're listening. His Word of God, the Word. You have it in your hands. Not only can you read it, you, it the, you know, it's like, like, I, I, you know, it's like I've got this little icon on my, my, uh, my, my iPad. And every morning it reminds me, okay, I, mean, I think I'm in Isaiah right now, just going through the air. 
<laughs> Will's smiling at me today because he, he runs the IT portion of that. And so it's there. You have it. We have God's word and it's powerful and, and God's speaking to us if we will listen to him. Now, um, another, uh, how does he speak? Okay. Sometimes, and these are biblical things, and I'll just ra- rapidly go through them. Audibly, I can't say that he's ever spoken to me audibly, but we know that he does. Biblically, we find that that's the, the case. He speaks audibly to us, okay? He can. There are many examples, Moses, Abraham, and other people who've said, you know, and faith, faith, faithful people that we, we are, we don't believe them, right? But God does speak to people audibly. He also, uh, the, the, in, in, uh, there are promptings in the, by the Holy Spirit. Now, uh, Elijah, and I believe it's First Kings, it says, God, the, there, was, there was earthquakes, there was whirlwinds, there was all this stuff, and then God's voice was small and still. Okay? And then we find in, the, in, in Acts 15, the, the apostles saying, well, it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. Now, is that wishy-washy or what? Yeah? When you pray, when you seek God's face on a decision, you've, found, you, you've, you've brought counsel, godly counsel to bear, and you've prayed, and you have a peace about a certain direction, it's, you can say with affirmity that it seems good to us and the Holy Spirit because you have His presence in you, and He is capable, fully capable of throwing a red flag in your face, and He will when you take the wrong turn. Is that not true? It's simply true. So we hear his voice audibly, and sometimes this promptings, this still small voice. How about others, words of wisdom, words of knowledge? Sometimes the people who are given those don't even know, they only know a part of that. And that's found in 1 Corinthians, uh, the 12th chapter. Okay? Words of wisdom, words of knowledge sometimes, and it's, they're given in faith. Yeah, I've spoken to people and I've said some and didn't know it. Did not know that God was using me to speak and neither will you. You're just trying to follow God. You're trying to give godly wisdom and God is using you. Now, some, some might say, well, why can't God just speak? Well, wait a second. Every place I find in Scripture that He uses people, people like you and me. People like you and me. He... You know, seldom do I see him, you know, calling Michael down. He does show up on occasion. Michael or Gabriel or somebody like that. But oftentimes it's, he's using people like you and me. Kind of like uh, uh, the, the prophet who came and told David, says, you're the man. You're the man. Just a man. Just like you and, just like you and me. Dreams. I'll just throw these in here. Dreams and visions. Joel tells us about that. That doesn't necessarily mean every dream that I have really deserves even to be aired, much less considered, considered a spiritual direction, right? Anybody have dreams like that? It says, no, nah, that wasn't God. That was my mind that was bored in the middle of my night. I don't know. So... It sounds to me like God is, is still communicating with us, and he's talking to us all the time, okay? Now, could I say this, and just, I'll, I'll, I'll try to be brief here, um, that tuning into God's voice, sometimes 
requires that we tune out the voices of the world. I mean, when's the last time you sat in complete silence and you're saying, oh, I'm not doing that now, Pastor? But seriously, when was the last time you had silence and you just tuned out the world? You, you walk downstairs. I mean, let me, let me just, I'm not you. I'll walk downstairs. I'll go outside, get the newspaper, another voice, right? Come in, turn, turn the news on, another voice. Even when I'm not doing anything else, all of these voices, all of this clatter, all of this clamor coming to me. And you and I are not that different in that regard. We live in a very noisy world. And sometimes, if we want to hear God's voice, we have to tune out the world. Not only the, the, world's, the, the world's clatter, but the world's values. The world's messages. Whether they're coming from friends or media, or wherever it is, we have to intentionally tune it out. And focus and listen. Have you ever had a conversation with somebody and they're not listening to you? But you know, you know when they're not, or, or, you're, or you're in a conversation and you're distracted. How about that? Let me put it that way. You're in a conversation, you're distracted, and you have to tell, ask your wife, what did you say that? What did you tell? Would you say that again? And this, that's how I do with Valley. I'll say, say that again, please. Because I wanted to hear, but I was distracted momentarily. Squirrel. <laughs> Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, so I'll, I'll, I'll say, tell me again, because I need to hear that. I know I missed something there. Most everybody got that. Not everybody. But that's the way it is, okay? And I think, I think God's speaking to us, but we're distracted. We're not listening. We're not hearing His voice. And so we have to tune the world out. And so, can I say, you can do that intentionally. There's a reason we call it quiet time. Quiet time. To take, to, take a t- to take some time aside and just to spend some time and say, God, I'm here to, if, you're, if you want to talk to me, you got my undivided attention. Let me read the word. God, you got something to say to me. You know, every time God speaks, not at, uh, let, me, let me back up, not every time, but most of the time when God speaks, it's when, we, when he has our attention. It's not that he's not talking, we're not hearing him. He's talking all the time. The Holy Spirit is there all the time. Whether he's speaking inwardly, or he's speaking through a friend, or through the scripture. Now, catch this. John 10. I'll I'll wrap up with this. It was winter. This is the 23rd verse. I didn't give this to the folks back there. It was winter, and Jesus was walking in the temple in the portico of Solomon. The Jews gathered around him and, and they, were, they were saying to him, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you're the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered and said, said to them, I told you, and you would not believe the works that I do in my Father's name. These testify of me. In other words, he had been speaking to them and they didn't hear. Not only did they didn't hear because they didn't believe. Right? You know, the disbelief can keep you from hearing God. Okay, that's another little point you could throw in there. Okay. But you do not believe, he says, but you do not believe because you are not of my sheep. My sheep hear my voice. And I know them, and they follow me, and I give eternal life to them, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hands. Now, I always thought, you know, 
You know, I'm, I'm a sheep. How is it that I, I do hear his voice? He speaks to his, and you can hear him. Oftentimes, you say, no, I don't want to do that. Or I allow, I allow the, the, cl- the clatter and the values of the world to, some, in a sense, impose themselves in the conversation. I can't hear him. My desires, my fleshly desires get in the way. I can't hear him. Because the truth is, I want to do something else. Every time, every time, now, now here's the thing, folks. We want to hear God, right? Know this. He just doesn't hold casual conversation. He has a way of speaking to us. And know this, that if he takes the time to speak, he's got something to say. And the truth is, is we don't always want to hear it. Can I say it that way? Because God is, God is, God is, in, the, is in the process of what? He's changing us from glory to glory. He's, he's in the process of challenging us and our lives. Okay, He does. And sometimes I don't want to hear it. I'm just being honest with you. Sometimes I don't want to do what God wants me to do. Sometimes I want to do what I want to do, even though I know it's wrong. Anybody with me there? He says, wow, pastor, I didn't know that you were such a sinner. Yeah, this is just real, okay? But the truth is God will lead us and guide us in a way that we should go. And we, need to, and we need to focus on him and hear his voice and listen to him so that he will guide and direct us. Today, he's speaking to some of you right now. He's, he's, he's spoken to you before. You've never given your heart to Christ. Or there's a, there's a critical decision in your life that you keep trying to convince God that this is the way to go. You know what I mean? You're convincing him. And, and since you're rationalizing, you're doing all kinds of things, and the Holy Spirit is saying, no, no, no. Every time you get close to him, he says no. And you're trying to figure out why he says no, rather than just say, okay, God, you say no. I'll trust you with that. Does that make sense? Anybody with me there? I've been there before. Years ago, I, I didn't hear his voice. I didn't think I heard his voice. And I, and I was ready to graduate college. I was supposed to have a, a, a plan. You know? Anybody just graduated feel like you were supposed to have a plan you don't? I'm, I'm waiting for God to call me to a specific thing. And so I decided to force his hand. So I went down to the ROTC. I always liked the military. I, I didn't realize he was guarding, guiding me even then. I went down to the ROTC, the, the, the Southern Methodist University there in, in Lakeland, Florida, I believe it was. Uh, I don't even know if that's the right name. But anyway, they had an Army ROTC thing. So I said, I'm going to do it. I'm just, I, God, if you, if you won't speak to me, I'm going to go, go and do what I want to do. Man, did he make me miserable. <laughs> and see, I kept telling him, I, I wanted him to say, okay, Bill, do this. See, I wanted to hear the see and to hear the plan. All of it. I wanted to know step one, four, two, one through ten. And he, and he wouldn't give it to me. And so, because of that, I went out and did my own thing. And he made me miserable. Until the point when I said, God, I remember where it was. We were up by Lake Hollinsworth. We were on our, our way to church. Wrestling on something. My valley never knows. She probably knows that something's going on in me because I'm so internal uh, sometimes. I don't, I don't share it until I'm in the pulpit. 
<laughs> and I remember pulled up to Lake Hollingsworth and I said, okay, God, in the back of my mind, didn't even, have to, didn't even say it out loud. I said, okay, you, you win. I'll do whatever you want. I don't even have to know what it is. I just won't do that because you, won't, you don't want me to. That's when he confirmed his life and his power, his love and his direction in me. Okay. At the point of surrender. <laughs> Folks, God, is, God, God, God can take care of us. But we have to surrender to him. Surrender to his promptings. Because honestly, it really is about dying to self. You have to die to self to let God live in you. 